Untitled Beatles podcast. <laughs> Give me a beat. Here we go. Freestyle rap. First time on the Untitled Beatles podcast. Well, I'm a Beatle fan and I'm the man. I've got Beatle jams in my Beatle <laughs> gram of phones. Don't you know? I- I've got the tails on the tones. <laughs> Let's keep going. <laughs> keep going. Definitely keep going and syncopate that beat. Don't edit me to make match the beat. Match the beat to me because I'm the beat king. Uh, apparently, you know, there's this this cliche that like uh, white male improvisers who think they can rap can't really rap. And, you know, you proved that cliche true today as well. So I appreciate you going for it. <laughs> I was an ugly kid, always alone. No respect. No respect. Halloween, I had a trick or treat over the phone. No respect. No respect. Welcome to the Untitled Beatbox Oles podcast. Michael Winslow. Michael Winslow, original improv rapper. He did the best improvised sound effects. Back when we used to close with improv sound effects, Michael Winslow would always be our ringer. Like if you're driving down Sunset Boulevard. Kitty, right? I want to say thank you for all the new reviews we've gotten. Keep them coming, uh, either on Apple. Checks in the mail, Paola. (laughs) You can find, uh, yeah, Paola.com is what we use for all our reviews. (laughs) It's a great service. Uh, It's a bot that gives you. No, man, no. You are real people. If you're hearing this, you're not a bot. So feel free to give us a review if you want. However, you do it, wherever you listen to it, do it. Uh, Apple's a, a place to do it if you want. It helps us out. It it it, it uh, we appreciate it too. And uh, I was gonna say, if you liked our Sir Paul birthday uh, rerun from a few episodes back, uh, make sure and check out Paul or Nothing. That's our friend Sam in the UK. You yeah. you appeared on one of his uh, one of his offshoot programs, a YouTube show. Yeah. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the episode of Maca in Your Attic, a Paul or Nothing spinoff show where the guest always shows me their junk. Yeah. So if you're being bitten by the Paul bug right now, I definitely recommend Paul or Nothing. He goes like scuba deep, man. Yeah. You know, get out the snorkel. <laughs> and and snork along sing a happy song sing a happy song with our friend sam in the uk he's a great mate an outstanding chap and a jolly good punter it is the untitled beatles podcast for real okay and uh i'm tony mendoza i'm tj shanoff and we're going to praise and promote another capital album that we both love beatles 65 yeah man this is basically the american beatles for sale kind of it's mostly beatles for sale side one and a brief and the ending is side two yeah, it's an it's a curious little record. I actually have two copies of this TJ, and I I, I I can't figure out why. I think I I probably thought I was buying the mono, even though clearly it says stereo right there. Um, Can I guess which pressings you have without seeing the pressings? Sure. Um, the one in your hand is the purple capital with the large capital dome. Uh, no, it is uh, it is the orange. Oh, capital. okay, the one just before the seven. That's from seventy six. Okay. Yeah, I have a seventies. Wow. Okay. Cool. And then I'll, I'll hold up this. One. That is that's a, a stereo rainbow capital. Yeah, you are okay. correct, sir. Stereo rainbow. Can TJ guess when that was pressed? Fifty fifty. And my copy is from the Scranton 
plant. Cool. You know, that was one of the main ones, but they actually went to other pressing plants to get this record out. Mm. They wanted to get it out before Christmas. So originally this album was supposed to come out December 28th of 1964, right? And so it's, it was, it was going to be, most people would buy it in 65. It's like a new car, right? When they, right. they give it the year ahead. Have you seen the new 1965 Chevelle? It's been beautifully refined for 65. And it, it inspired a bunch of other, there's like Sinatra 65. There was a bunch of albums yeah. called 65. Ellington 65, right? Sergio Mendez, uh, Brazil 65 and all that. Oh, yes, that would be so nice, nice. Should it be you and me, I could see it could be nice. Yeah, man. So, yeah, so it's going to be Beatles 65 coming out at the end of 64. But, yeah, they, they wanted to get something in America for Christmas and the holidays, as we call it. And Only um, holiday, Tony. Gotta hate other people. <laughs> <laughs> Me too, man. There's only one holiday, so cram it. <laughs> hey, cram it, pal. So, so, okay, so Beatles for Sale in the UK was released December 4th. And there hadn't been like a new Beatles album since the summer. So there was this high demand for Beatles product come the winter. And DJs in specifically like Pittsburgh, New York and Atlanta got import copies of Beatles for Sale and started playing Beatles for Sale tracks on the radio out there, which made Capital get all like. (laughs) So they're like, crap, we need something out now. And uh they considered, you know, they had just put out the Beatles story, you know, in November, which was that double album, which features like half of Twist and Shout right. live. And that's about oh, it. Th- no, no, my <laughs> friend, there's a medley of Beatles hits on it. <laughs> oh, that's thank you. Yes, you're right. I don't need to hold you, hold you tight. And an American saying the word dingo <laughs> in, the, in the Ringo piece. Ringo's friends call him Richie, a name he picked up in Dingle, one of the toughest areas of Liverpool, often compared to New York's storied Hell's Kitchen. Two portions of quail. How stupid does that look? You one portion short, you fucking donut. Yeah, man. And then they, were, they, they had actually just acquired the rights to all the Beatles songs that VJ had in October of 64. Right. And they were considering putting out a best of album creatively titled Best of the Beatles, mm-hmm. which Pete Best later used. <laughs> yeah, which Pete Best later used better <laughs> or best, I should say. <laughs> you better, you better, you best. <laughs> No, so for whatever reason, that best of thing never happened. So what they decided to do was bump up the date of Beatles 65 to come out December 15th of 1964. And in order to do that, they had to subcontract out uh, like other pressing plants that were used by Columbia, RCA and DECA. So I ended up having uh, a Scranton, like a capital Scranton copy and you can tell because there's a little triangle in the runout groove that says I am in it. And that stands for the International Association of Machinists. 
And that's where R.E.M. got that annoying song. I am, I am Superman. And I know what's happening. Blow your nose. Do something. <laughs> your voice is grating on me. No, see, TJ, I always thought the president of I Am was Harvey Sid Fisher. I am, I am, I am the Ram. I am, I am, I am the Ram. Did you ever get into him? What? Do you know who I'm talking about? I have no idea what you're saying. <gasps> Harvey Sid Fisher, man, you got to check him out on like all his videos. He was this guy in the 80s who put out like he made these original songs with like a sounds like a consumer quality keyboard. And every song is about the sign in the astrological world. What? One for all and all for me, please. I am Aries. I know how to show my ego. I am, I am the Ram. It's just him in like a black turtleneck or whatever singing to the camera. And then it's like crossfaded with the, these women that are doing these like hippie ballet moves. <laughs> It's up your alley, man. <laughs> I'd love to hear I Am The Ram uh, mashed up with backseat of my car. We're just busy riding, sitting in the backseat of my car. Oh, man. Okay. Well, All that trip's over. <laughs> but it's a cool cover. And uh, yeah, that's that's Bob Whitaker who took all the pictures on the cover. There's four different pictures of the Beatles group. It uh, seems to be like an homage to the Four Seasons, eh? Yeah, and uh, th- they've got a lot of mileage out of the umbrella uh, photo shoot. It's been like countless posters and such. I love the simple cover too. It's an it's another Capitol album cover to have the songs, but not in the order in which they appear in the record. Yeah, they lead with "I Feel Fine" and "She's a Woman," which had been the single, right? And of course, Capitol included the singles on, but the cover was printed before the album was assembled because that's why it's not an order on the the front. Yeah, man. Yeah, the the big picture, they're all holding umbrellas, which represents winter in Britain, British winter. The spring, they're holding springs. For summer, there's a parasol. A few of them are wearing sunglasses. What's Paul, what's Paul got on his head? Is that, it looked like a woman's bikini top. What is that? It's it's the age old question, women's bikini top or yarmulke? <laughs> I know. They, <laughs> the, the shoot was done on Yom Kippur. Very controversial. The Beatles worked on Yom Kippur. That is we con- get it. You got to pay bills, but you don't work, bud. Um, I'm not sure what it is. I'm going to go with bra. Yeah. And then finally, uh, they, they're holding brooms and the, the George has that big wicker basket and looks like there's kind of leaves. That would represent autumn. It's uh, also from the Mary Poppins audition. <laughs> You see, in every job that must be done, there is an element of fun. That's what you say. You find the fun and snap, the job's a game. I'm afraid I don't understand. And every task you undertake. I got blisters on my fingers! Yeah, and that that actually might have been the first studio session with uh, Robert Whitaker. They met him on the Australian tour. He's an Aussie. Shout out to Australia out there for our Australian listeners. Hello. Yeah, we got a few listeners, which is, I love. It's a place I've always wanted to visit, so I love that we have fans of the show. Yeah, me too, man. Yeah, when we come out there, maybe you can put us up. (laughs) Do you mind? You pay for airfare. We'll find a place to sleep. (laughs) And snack on that Vegemite or whatever that stuff is. He just smiled and gave me a Vegemite sandwich. 
Yeah, Vegemite sandwich. Yeah, I learned yeah. about it from Colin Hay, who is a good buddy of Ringo's. Colin Hay and Ringo are really tight. Is that right? That's cool. Man. Yeah, that's cool. But yeah, th- this is uh, the cover's great in this. It's another Capitol album. So on the back cover, I still love the two things. I love how it says the more great albums for your Beatles collection, and they include the Holly Ridge Strings, the songbook. Yeah, and. Uh, I'm holding, I've got a few copies too, but I'm holding that final vinyl from um, uh, 88 with the the C1 prefix. And it's got all the catalog numbers change. And under the Beatles songbook, it actually says out of print. Oh. Instead of a catalog number, which is kind of cool. That is cool Um, that they updated the jacket for that. That is wild. Isn't that wild? Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, this is that final pressing with the C1 prefix that sounds really good. And of course, like every Capitol album, produced in England by George Martin and in the USA with the assistance of Dave Dexter Jr. Mm-hmm. It's such an insult. Although to Dave Dexter's credit, living in this album again for a week prepping and living this album most of my life, I love this record. I, I love that it's, <laughs> yeah, it's half Beatles for sale, then it's half this weird collection of, we'll get in track by track and there's more to talk about the album itself, but... Like, yeah, uh, surprise announcement. I love Beatles 65. And you like Beatles for sale. I do. Um, not that I don't. Not that I don't. I just don't rank it as high. But I, I, do, I do like this record. It's fun. I mean, I, I don't. there's not a Beatles album I don't like, full disclosure. Uh, Is you an Abbey Road hater? <laughs> we don't talk too about glossy. that record. We don't, yeah, it's too... <laughs> Let's just not talk about it. Cancel Abbey Road. <laughs> now, TJ, I don't know. You might yeah. appreciate this on my original rainbow copy from 64. Yeah. I've got this inner sleeve that uh, invites you to join the teen set on Capitol. And uh, yeah, if you send in a dollar, like an actual $1 bill in the mail, <laughs> uh, you get like a, a specially selected 45, <laughs> which means the ones that didn't sell. <laughs> <laughs> you get a newsletter, you get information on fan photos. Uh, but I love some of these other bands that you can get on Capitol, in addition to the Beatles, Beach Boys, and Glenn Campbell. Jerry Cole and his Spacemen. The Four Preps, with their hit, How to Succeed in Love, which... <laughs> Should be a pamphlet, not a song. How to succeed in love. It's a marriage workshop. <laughs> Mr. Gasser and the Weirdos. The big race was over and man was he glad. That old Chevy 6 had sure taken him bad. And the chick that was driving, well, she was no other than the one chick he couldn't shut down. His mother, Mr. Gasser, Mr. Gasser, man. The Good Time Singers. And uh, more uh, novelty music with Hubcap and The Wheels. <laughs> if you think the Beatles are exciting, these fellas run over the Beatles. Here they are, Hubcap and The Wheels. <laughs> so send in your dollar. The teen set, P.O. Box 1271, Hollywood, California, 90028. Uh, they ask you for your three favorite recording stars and, uh, a dollar in today's money, TJ is $9 and 43 cents. Ah, Biden. <laughs> Those people. <laughs> Look how high gas prices are in Europe. Biden. I 
I've often wanted to send in like an old Beatle fan magazines I have. Um, send in like for offers and things for sale. Have, what would happen if you sent a dollar in an envelope to that address with that cut out? Like, is somebody still on staff somewhere to write people back? Yeah. When's the last time they got a letter with it? I mean, as a bit as someone done it in the last 50 years, we should do that. I'm going to uh, like, I'll make a Xerox or whatever, you know, I'll make yeah. a ditto. I'll go to my ditto machine, TJ <laughs> and make a Love ditto the smell of that ditto machine. That, <laughs> Vaguely purple and blue ditto, right? Yeah, with the purple ink. Uh-huh. And uh, I, yeah, I'll, I'll copy it. I'll cut it out. I'll send in a dollar and let's see what happens. You'll find you save in every way. On dollar day. On dollar day. All right. Well, it's called Beatles 65, or as I like to say, TJ, Beatles apostrophe LXV. Yeah, you know me. <laughs> it's their fifth album for Capital. U.S. The U.S. discography gets so confusing. Like, do you count introducing the Beatles as an LP in their canon? I don't think I don't think I do. No, uh, I don't count any VJ albums. I do count the VJ singles. Yeah, you got to because that's the second time around when they became hits. Yeah. So interesting. Well, it was their fifth album for Capitol. Uh there's only 11 songs on here in the American tradition of 11. Mm-hmm. 11 or two, right. <laughs> You're lucky you got 12, but yeah, 11. <laughs> it's, it clocks in just over 26 minutes for uh, a full-length LP. It spent nine weeks at number one, yeah. five weeks at number three, and uh, by now sales have passed the three million mark. Another multi-million selling album that was out of print from the last cassette in 92 which I am holding in my hand, the copy of Beatles 65, the only one with an apple on the back, which is kind of fun. <laughs> um, so from this through the Capital Years box set in 2004, when the CD came out, this was out of print from 92 to 2004. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. You'd have to go to places. Here's the A-Track. Like Reckless or whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. And the A-Track, doesn't the A-Track have an extra song? It does. It closes, not with everybody's trying to be my baby, but it closes with you can't do that. There you go. On program four. For all you eight track heads out there, you get that bonus. You get that ghost track, which is <laughs> not a ghost track because it's printed on there, but you know <laughs> what I mean. It's on the label, right? <laughs> it's a hidden track that's not hidden. The Beatles came up with that, by the way, the non-hidden hidden track. <laughs> well, they did, right? Kind of with, no, I guess Her Majesty's listed. Not on early copies. I think Her Majesty wasn't listed on early copies of Abbey Road, I'm pretty sure. Are you serious? I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, I did not know that. I did not know that. But yeah, this uh, it's a great listen. And the fact that, yes, side one is basically a lot of Beatles for sale in the same order. But side two is a hodgepodge that somehow the Beatles pull off. And uh, the singles, I feel fine. And she's a woman or the single, I should say. it was a, That's an A and B side are in a mix that America didn't get a different mix of either of those songs till the past masters one CD came out in 88. So Americans heard this song, both on the 45, uh, the red album has, I feel fine in the same kind of duophonics, weird echoey mix. So in America, we got, I feel fine. And she's a woman in America from its release as a single in 64 through the fall of 1988 when past masters came out. Right. And we finally heard the mix dry. I mean, unless you heard an import, obviously, I'm being a little overwrought just because in the States, you didn't get those songs the way the Beatles wanted until the fall of 1988. Yeah. It's, it's always wowed me a little bit. 
But even like, I mean, asterisk, because it was the stereo mixes in 88, too. And the Beatles usually wanted you listening to mono. A hundred percent. You're totally right. And even when the, when if you first got these in mono, it was on this 04 Beatles 65 Capital Years thing. Yeah. And it was the same mono as the original <laughs> American things. So you were right. You were just getting the American mono from 64. The they used mono. those same plates. <laughs> Oh, oh man. so fun. I love all the <laughs> last little thing. I'm uh, holding the cassette here before we get in the album. Um, the closing song on the cassette on track two, uh, guess what song closes uh, the album? So the cassette's a different running order. Different running order. Starts vaguely the same. Uh, and then it ends real weird. It, so side two ends differently? Uh-huh. Oh, I'm going to, my guess is Honey Don't. Mr. Moonlight closes the uh, the tape. The whole record. As it should. I, I am a Mr. Moonlight defender. When we I get, know you are. When we get there, I'm going to defend it hard, man. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm building. Not a close. <laughs> putting cement on my bricks and my sandbags. I got them out. <laughs> <laughs> the big bad wolf ain't going to blow Mr. Moonlight down. <laughs> you, you did come to me one summer night. Who's that I see walking in these woods? <laughs> Well, should we, should we go track by track? Yeah, I'd love to. Love this record. Well, I mean, side one, like we have already stated, but it is, it's the same thing as Beatles for Sale in the UK. So it opens yeah. with no reply. This happened once before when I came to your door. No reply. They said it wasn't you, but I saw you peep through your window. I saw the light. I mean, we've talked about this many times. The opening triptych is unlike any other Beatles album that was ever. People, the 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 rock critic writings of this always say, you know, you can tell they're tired from touring and this. Yeah, I I believe all that. I understand all that. And it's the truth. But also, these songs are not downtrodden. They're ingenious and thoughtful. And this, these three songs, at least the first two songs, feel like John opening this as a Bob Dylan album. And no other mm. Beatles album sounds that way. Both Beatles for Sale and 65. No other albums. I mean, there's some moments on help. But this opens like a Dylan album. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't. It's the first uh, record that doesn't open with a, a classic George Martin Pot boiler, he called him. One, two, three, five. It won't be long, yeah, 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 yeah. I still think it's a strong opener, though. Yes, and it, and it creates, like you were saying, it's like it's a it's a new chapter. I think this is like the first record that gets out of the swinging mop top, yeah, 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 happy go lucky, hard days night Beatles. You look at, especially Beatles for Sale, you look at that cover, they ain't smiling, they're beleaguered or whatever. And this this song, No Reply, uh, mostly written by John. I think John claimed it all, but I think Paul Paul helps, uh, or he said he helped. I could see Paul helping with the middle part, especially. The middle eight sounds like a Paul part, that, that yeah. melody. Totally. Yeah, this the the Robert Freeman photograph on Beatles for Sale, and it it really stands 
uh, not that far away from the umbrella shots, from all the shots on 65, the Beatles are not smiling. The Beatles are are posed. They're not. They're not really showing joy on the album cover sixty five or Beatles for sale. Only in summer. Yes, summer they're smiling. But other than that, they are. Yeah, Ringo's got a little bit of a smile in the the big picture. But uh, but yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's not like they're not mussing each other's hair up and giving each other <laughs> hot foots or you know whatever. But you know, in fairness, with the Beatles that became the Meet the Beatles cover. They're not smiling either. Like when, when, as they're singing this bright, cheerful music. That's true. The Beatles are are looking at you, saying, "Hey, we're also artists." It's the the covers show the art college Beatles, and the yeah. music conveyed the ability to connect with the world Beatles. And that's why I mean, Meet the Beatles, one of the most joyous albums ever released. And there's not a smile to be had on the cover. They were to be taken seriously. They weren't a boy band. They weren't posed. They were showing their art. I tried to telephone. They said you were not home. That's a lie. Cause I know where you've been. I saw you walking your door. This has been called one of Lennon's stalker songs, inspired by uh, silhouettes by the by the Rays back in 1957. I remember reading that when I was a kid. Took a walk and passed your house late last night. All the shades were pulled and drawn. Way down sight, come within a dim light cast. Two silhouettes on the shade. Not Scylla Black, but Silhouettes. <laughs> Thank you. A lot of people get that silhouettes. mixed up. <laughs> hey, Silhouettes, she really ought to call her doctor. <laughs> yeah, poor Silhouettes. How did she get that nickname? Um, but hey, maybe she's just having a good time, TJ. Anyway, oh boy. Doesn't smell that way. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Uh, here's the Lennon quote on, on this song. I had that image of walking down the street and seeing her silhouetted in the window and not answering the phone, which begs the question, did John have a cell phone in 1964? <laughs> <laughs> he lent it to Paul for use in Broad Street in the car. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. Uh, he goes on to say, although I never called a girl uh, on the phone in my life, because phones weren't part of a, the English child's life. But I always had that same vision. This song, I get a visual out of it. I hear it, and it's yeah. a rare, I don't know if you'd call it a story song, but I, I've always seen this song. Yeah, because John's a master storyteller, and the music in this is so great, and the instrumentation is so interesting, and there's rare is the opener on a Beatles album that sounds like this, because what happens right after this? You've got help. And then at least in the rest of the world, you've got Drive My Car. Mm-hmm. And then I'm, I'm talking about the British albums right now. Yeah, that makes and then sense. You, tax Man. And then you, you, yeah, right, you go to Tax Man. I mean, what Beatles album ever started like this? Yeah, they all kind of rock out. Even like uh, Come Together is kind of like spooky or It's whatever. a swamp groove. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's at least, it, it, that's a heavy song. Yeah. This is just a light kind of country tune. Yeah, I mean, I guess the closest may be two of us a little bit, but you know, that's, at the end, right? Well, and that's that's kind of a new phase record. 
Thanks, Mo. Thanks, Mo. Well, yeah, man. I mean, yeah, the, the instrumentation on this, it, it, throughout the record, it's mostly similar. Uh, Lennon mostly sticks to his acoustic through the whole thing. For no reply, all the instruments were recorded live. I like how they're playing with dynamics in this song, though, too, where it starts off kind of quiet and then I nearly died on the die. They 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 blow up, you know. Ringo's cymbal work and the cymbal doesn't the crash kind of it, it fades out pretty quickly. He stops it. The crash doesn't ring super long. Yeah. The decay is truncated, but uh, yeah, it's cool. And then to me, that middle eight, the the bridge, like that is like the secret weapon in this song. Yes. You know, the driving four with the hand claps that come in Uh and George Martin and the eight notes on the piano. Yeah. Yeah. I I always I always hear foot stomps in there, too. I don't think they are in there. But like when you hear the hand claps and then that combined with the piano, all that percussion going on there. If I were you. The way Ringo goes back into that samba beat after the driving bridge, it's an excellent example of Ringo and the band leading each other with taste and restraint. The bridge just dissolves right back into the verse with Ringo laying down that same confident salsa beat. It's not rushed. It's right in that Ringo pocket. Yeah. And that's masterful, too, how they transition so cleanly from bridge to a different rhythmic pattern in the verse. And that's more like bossa nova, right? That... Yeah, I think it's a samba. I meant Bossa Nova, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That ain't American music, I don't know. (laughs) One holiday. Uh, (laughs) Hashtag one holiday. Hashtag one holiday. It's Purim, sorry. (laughs) We got to choose. (laughs) We are chosen. You choose me? So John didn't think much of this song, as he did with a lot of his, like, amazing songs, at least at first. Uh, he recorded a demo that he was going to give to this guy, Tommy quickly that ended with a toilet flushing sound effect or like him, like holding the tape up to a toilet flushing. Uh, and then Tommy quickly, they recorded it, but they never released it. And then I, I I think Tommy quickly like lost his marbles and like, he kind of like kind of quit show business. Tommy Quickly is the only singer that Epstein has signed up from Liverpool who's yet to score a hit on the charts. All the ingredients are here in the studio and will take just two hours to mix into success or failure. Was it Dave Marsh from Rolling Stone who said that the Tommy Quickly um, take a no reply is Tommy Quickly's Carnival of Light? (laughs) Was it Dave Marsh? It was either Dave Marsh or Dave Frick. <laughs> Dave Fricky. Frick, Fricky. The guy with the Pink Floyd hair. Right. Uh, 80s Pink Floyd hair. 80s Pink Floyd <laughs> Radio Chaos Pink Floyd hair. <laughs> <laughs> this is KAOS. You and I are listening to Chaos in Los Angeles. Let's go to the telephones now and uh, take a request. Good morning. What do we got? We got the we got mono and stereo. 
Did you ever notice on the mono there's a little cough that you hear in the background after uh, in the first verse after the word window? Yeah. Oh, is that not in the stereo too? No. Okay. I thought that was in both. Okay. Your window. These are tiny, tiny little things. What do you call it? Beetle gook? No. What's your name for pouring over what? Beetle's minutia? The Beetle Forensics? It's, oh. <laughs> is there a grosser version than that? There's a grosser thing. I call, you know, I call like Beatles sniffers. I call people that are like, you know, like <laughs> trying to look up the Beatles dresses and stuff okay, with, right, that's with their hob- the mirrors on their hobnailed boots and all that. One day I'm going to upskirt Ringo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I tried. Exactly. I couldn't get past Ian Hunter. Honestly, man, I kind of prefer the stereo mix. I think the sound is fuller. I think the piano is higher in the mix, or at least I hear it. There's no cough. I don't need the cough. So I'm not like a Beach Boys cough collector, you know? So I don't need that. (laughs) Because they cough on Wendy or whatever. I'm sure I know we dropped it in an episode a long time ago. You know, they coughed on Wendy. Was she upset? Yeah, she was pretty frosty. <laughs> Thank you. But that conflicts with our sponsor, Kenny Rogers Roasters. If you want real, delicious, quality, what's it called? What's it called? Uh, uh, Chicken? Fast casual. <laughs> what is it called? chicken you've got to get on the nearest plane take a red eye if you gotta you gotta eat this chicken teacher says i love you (laughs) teacher says scratch and sniff yeah teacher says go in the corner with this stack of gasoline scratch and sniff stickers and see me after class Remember the scratch and sniff stickers that were gasoline? Uh, no, that's terrible. <laughs> oh, that was for real. And I was like, hmm. That's pretty. Uh, my favorite, uh, whoever designed the pickle scratch and sniff sticker, <laughs> loved it. Hard disagree. Now, if there's only one scratch and sniff sticker that I totally remember, it is this one. Delightful. So let's start with him. Totally smells like dill pickle. Well, this in the two hole TJ, we've got I'm a loser. I'm a loser. I'm a loser. And I'm not what I appear to be. Of all the love I have won or have lost, there is one love I should never have crossed. She was a girl. Clearly influenced by Bob Dylan. This seems to be like the first overtly Dylan-influenced song by the Beatles, wouldn't you say? Or what do you think? Yes, I think so. And I feel like this more than any other song, certainly more than Hey, You Get to Hide Your Love Away, um, this feels like Dylan plus Carl Perkins. Definitely. I feel like this, this is almost... not uh, Nashville Skyline was Dylan and Johnny Cash. It doesn't really sound like that, but it's just like two great John influences converging. This song is stunning. I love it in the two-hole. It's another song that doesn't sound like any other second song on any other Beatles record. 
Yeah, it was. I think it was inspired by country music as well. The whole like I'm a loser, all those like downtrodden, red foley, red sovine. Yeah. One dream house for sale. It's a bargain for nothing down. And there's no closing cost for the dreams I lost when the girl I love left town. Dream house for sale. This song definitely marked a turning point in the Beatles songwriting. Uh, I read somewhere that the British journalist Kenneth Allsop, who, by the way, was Allsop. Get away from him if you're at a party. He's going to make you sop. Uh, like a tree. <laughs> he gave Lennon some shit one time. It was around the time, like, In His Own Right came out. And he said, like, all your songs are she loves him, he loves her, they love her, blah, 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 blah. Encouraged him to write more autobiographically. And uh, Lennon perhaps took that to heart. And this is one of those more autobiographical songs. Uh, Lennon... <laughs> I don't mean what? to sound stupid, but isn't that the Maureen Cleave story? I mean, it's a... Thanks, Mo. Thanks, Mo. Aren't these motherfuckers... Why are people telling John Lennon how to write, first of all? Well, Everybody the... shut up. Yeah. Unless you're Yoko or May Pang for like six months, <laughs> or Paul. Everybody shut up. Well, I, you know, this is still like 64 we're talking about, right? When they're just still seen as these mop-top teeny bop. They're seen as sync or the Backstreet Boys or... New kids on the block, you know? I, I reject that. By then, John had already written If I Fell. He'd written There's a Place, and it's my mom. I mean... They're not listening to There's a Place. They're listening to, insane. like, I want to hold your hand, you know, and all that, you know? So they're just saying dig deeper. Although I laugh and I act like a clown Beneath this mask I am wearing a frown well, I, I definitely identified with the song, like as a junior high joker and like a dork uh, with this a penchant for like lonesome only child latchkey, like self-pity and depression. You know, those bouts of blue and all that. I, I remember uh, I did as a as an American teenager. I did talk on the phone in junior high and I used Me to too. call my friends Stacy all the time. And I would just like play her Beatles songs over the phone, much to her horror and boredom. But I remember playing her the beginning of I'm a Loser. And she thought it was just like the funniest thing in the world. She, she would sometimes request it. Play the beginning of I'm a Loser. Oh, that's funny. I'm a loser. This is not one that you will find on a compilation. This, uh, this is not one that you will yeah. find on probably the top hundred Beatles uh, songs downloaded from iTunes or, or, or streamed on Spotify. But this to me is a classic. They were looking at putting together an album in the seventies called Beatles country, which would have had this. Really? I don't want to spoil the party. Yeah. That was a capital idea that was being passed around hmm. when they were coming up with the other theme albums. Um, this to me would have been the quote unquote single off of that reissue. I think it's the best mm. attempt at country they ever did. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. The, the Carl Perkins guitar is very evident in, in this, uh, John, man, his vocal, I was thinking about this. He hits that low G in that song. Uh, he hits it every time, like wearing a frown. Wearing a frown. Yes. And I'm wondering like. Is that the lowest note he sings on a Beatles song? 
maybe there's some harmony on Sun King or something layered that he did. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. Here comes the Sun King. <laughs> I remember. Cookie! <laughs> you're that nah, cookie. 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 Cookie is the lowest note. You're uh-huh. right. You're right. But that's not Beatles. <laughs> yeah. I, I always love that Cookie Monster's mama was by his side. She's Japanese. Laying in bed, watching TV. Cookie. With his mama by his side. She's Japanese. <laughs> uh,. I've always liked this song. It's a good song. They're playing with dynamics again, where it's like verse, quiet, chorus, loud. Again, the Beatles invented the Pixies, therefore Nirvana. <laughs> They're and not the first band to do that, but I like I like dynamics. They're fun. Yeah. Well, the Beatles did it with such taste and purpose. That's the thing. They did this live for a little while. They, they oh, yeah. did this live through yeah. some of 65. It wasn't in the set list all that long, but it's great live. And it's another song. You mentioned John's kind of blue lyrics. Paul McCartney's harmonies in those chorus add such sunlight and such daylight to the song. It's yeah. a quintessential Paul harmony line in these choruses. I'm telling you so that you won't lose all. I'm a loser and I love someone who's near to me. I'm a loser and I'm not what I appear to be. Next up, Babies in Black. This is the first one they brought into the studio for what was for them Beatles for Sale. We we're talking about Beatles 65, which is the same thing as said one of Beatles for Sale. But yeah, they were this was one of the last like nose to nose Lennon McCartney songs, uh, approximately July of 1964. And this is that nice little one, two, three that you the triptych, is that what you called it earlier? Yeah. See trip dick, yeah, yeah, yeah. See <laughs> trip dick. Ugla says me and Gully. I don't like this one. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, this is one they loved so much. They did this live for a long time too. I mean, this is one they and the crowd used to love. They would scream like crazy. They every song, of course, but. Crowds love this song. Yeah, man. And John and Paul love singing it. And their harmonies, the way they'd slow down every time live, they would, sl- they, the, the song would just retard to, yeah. oh, how long will it take? That part always got a little slower because they were just burning the blues of this. It's a blues waltz. That doesn't happen all the time. It's a legit blues waltz. I love, I love Babies in Black. <laughs> Well, TJ, a lot of people say it's in 3-4, but actually it's in 6-8. Six, 6-8, eight. Six, eight, I know it. <laughs> Music which, nerds. <laughs> which is 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. As opposed to like 1, 2, 3. 1, 2, 3. I want to live in a 1, 2, 3. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. 1, 2, 3. I like to be in isn't 12, 8, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 8! 8! 
Uh, Paul said, we wanted to write something a little darker, bluesy, more grown up rather than just straight pop. Again, trying to break out of the, the happy mop top thing. The reputation. Uh, the title's dark. Our favorite color was black. John and Paul, the goths, hanging out in the Liverpool graveyard. <laughs> With black lipstick on. <laughs> black fingernails and <laughs> turtlenecks and sweating. <laughs> sweating and schwitzing and they're hot. Talking about Camus and all this shit. Uh, <laughs> Three normal goths. Again, John mostly on acoustic guitar, but he brings out the electric for some overdubs in the bridges and choruses. And then there's some double tracking, uh, but for the most part, a lot of this record is kind of has a live feel to it. A lot of the takes, some of yeah. the takes were done with the vocals live too. You know what I mean? Which is, that's wild. Well, with so many covers and so little time to get this record recorded and finished, it makes sense. I mean, they were just still in a lather from their live shows when they went in to record this thing. There was no break. She thinks of him. There's some rumors that it's it's about Astrid, that John may have had a thing for Astrid and might have even been going after her after Stu died. But those are just rumors. It was, it was just a rumor. It's just a rumor. A it's rumor. just a rumor. Mm. Do you enjoy singing Beethoven? No. It's producer Casey. Whoopsie. We ran a little bit long again, so Beatles 65 is going to have to be another two-parter. Or as TJ likes to call it, an I-I-parter. Like Tony mentioned at the top, it helps us out a ton if you can leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to the show. And come hang out with us on Discord and Facebook and Instagram. You can find links to all of those and more in the show notes. That's all I got. Okay. We're back next week with Beatles 65 part two. Untitled Beatles podcast. Like and subscribe. It's a record smell like. Black licorice is the answer. Record smell like black licorice. <laughs>